Mind the Head with Paul Flaherty, a show that takes a look at the different aspects of mental health and well-being. Sunday mornings on Lockway Community Radio. Hello and you're very welcome to Mind the Head here on Lockray Community Radio, a weekly mental health and well-being show. Each week I'm joined by a different guest, some that are experts in their field and sometimes by a guest that overcome adversity and achieve personal challenges. My name is Paul Flaherty and on this episode I'm joined by Denise Christie, a fertility coach and also a fellow radio presenter here on Lockray Community Radio. Hello Denise. Good morning Paul, how are you? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> I've got to ask you that very important question before we get going with this Go conversation. That is Denise. Denise, how's the head? Hmm, that's an odd question today because I'm, um, it's a little bit scattered, let's say. There's a lot going on for me right now. So I'm doing a lot of work to bring all this energy down from the head and just ground it nicely, walking around my front garden with no shoes on and doing a few grounding exercises. Okay. Now I've got to say there's some listener discretion required for today's show because we're talking about the issue of miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, now you obviously are a fertility coach and work with couples, but today we're talking about miscarriage. Yes, yeah, and how it affects those couples, yeah. couples in particular, because the focus can be just on the woman. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really important that some of that focus is on caring for the partner as well and his reaction to yeah. that loss. Yeah, because they are also kind of going through it as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I suppose we'll just kind of we'll get started, really, will we? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, miscarriage... I don't have any kids myself, but I mean, I've known of people that have gone through miscarriages and you yourself, Denise, have kind of gone through it. Yeah, but my husband and I had our own journey. Um, we, we have a daughter, she's perfectly healthy, but um, there were problems at her birth, massive problems, and um, she was born not breathing. And so I suppose all of our focus was on that yeah. at the time, you know, would she be okay? Um, and then it wasn't until we decided we were going to try again okay. that we realised that there was a problem. Okay. And... Um, the first two miscarriages were, um, you know, we kind of thought, okay, these things happen. You know, yeah. that's what we were told. Can I ask you about, well. about the first the first time it happened? Because obviously, yeah. you know, you had a baby and everything is, is good now. But, uh, you know, to lose a, a child, we'll say. Yes. You know, I mean, that must have been so difficult. It was difficult. And it was on the cusp of me returning to work yeah. from maternity leave. Yeah. Um, so it was even more difficult. I was leaving my daughter in a nursery. Yeah. I was returning to work. So I was like, you know, going to be apart from her for the first time in yeah. quite a while. And um, it was two days before I returned to work yeah. that we had uh, our first miscarriage. Yeah. So I didn't actually deal with it. Okay. I boxed it off yeah. and dealt with what I had to deal with and, yeah. and went back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Which really, I suppose, thinking about it now, wasn't the most effective yeah. way to be dealing with it. But And then because that strategy worked for me the first time, that's what I did each time we miscarried. Yeah. Now, we are talking kind of, you know, I'm not going to kind of reveal your age or anything like <laughs> that, but just we are talking kind of maybe 20 plus years ago. Yeah, yeah. my daughter's 25, so yeah. all the miscarriages occurred after she was born. So, I mean, back then there was a real different kind of approach and attitude towards lots w- of things, you know, well, including miscarriage, I suppose. Yes, yes and no. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I, I know our our final miscarriage um, was cruel, Um 
I went into the hospital on my own and had the scan mm. and the uh, doctor that had come in to do the scan said, yes, I can confirm there are no products left. And that's how he told me oh. that I had miscarried. And that was cruel, particularly cruel, you know, because then your baby, this potential for life, this potential for expanding your family is reduced to products yeah that's harsh yeah um but unfortunately i i haven't seen much of a change in that mm. behavior and that attitude you would think we i would consider that we all are much more emotionally mature mm than any of us were 20 years ago we know so much more mm. um about how to mind ourselves about how to manage our emotions yeah. how to express our emotions yeah but they're still not allowed in that scenario yeah do you think is that kind of in the way that they're being kind of trained and educated that it's kind of more a kind of a clinical approach they're taking to all these kinds of things as opposed to sort of more of an emotional approach if you know what i mean i i know yeah. i do know what you mean um and i you know i find it very curious that the maternity council let's just take ireland mm. for instance is all men bar mm. one woman mm. these men will never carry a baby so why load mm. a department with people who cannot fully um sympathize and empathize mm. with the with the women and the mm. couples that they're going to be dealing with At the, i i'm very curious about that why how mm. that came about um and and i certainly don't see i mean for instance when you miscarry, mm -hmm. there isn't a dedicated department in the hospital. Okay. You're in the maternity unit having yeah. a miscarriage. Yeah. So you're surrounded by women who are walking out of hospital with their babies mm. and you're not. Yeah. That's too cruel. Mm. I agree. I think so. I think so. Yeah. So there are areas that need change. Um and and there may, needs to be more support, not just for the woman. There needs to be support for the couple, yeah. Because very much the partner in that relationship ha has suffered a loss as well. Oh, of course, yeah, of course they have, because we we're kind of talking before about kind of that you're, you know, thinking about this life that's going to be lived, and you know they're going to go off to school and so on, so on, all that kind of stuff. You plan all this stuff in your head, and then. You know, when tragedy strikes, it's taken away from you. Exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah, and the the grieving process is very different as well for a miscarriage than, let's say, someone that you've known and loved and grown up with, yeah. Um, yeah. because you've never physically met yes. that person. So yes. you can't reminisce. You can't yeah. share fun stories. No. You can't, you know, kind of um, picture things that you may have done together you can't yeah. do that so all you all you've really got and it's it's fairly intangible is your imagination of what your life was going to look like with that child in it yeah yeah so i suppose um we kind of we'll keep going with our conversation um we will kind of maybe talk about kind of maybe some of the support that you know you offer to couples yeah, I, I have a very different approach, I suppose. Um, even when I'm working with a couple to get them pregnant, yeah. I engage the couple. Yeah. Um, and I 
preload all of that information you see we concentrate on getting the woman pregnant you know that's that's the view you know let's let's get the woman pregnant the woman carries the baby but i i just have a totally different view on that um i i call it conscious conception yeah because it is about a couple making a conscious decision to bring a child into the world and just as when that child arrives both parties in that couple will be making sure it's warm it's fed every need is cared for and nurtured so why not preload that to before that baby's even conceived yeah because miscarriage isn't just about the woman holding the baby miscarriage is about the health of the egg the health of the man's sperm the health of the womb lining and we can influence the health of those three factors hugely Mm -hmm by our behavior our managing our stress levels our lifestyle our food um and that's the guy as well as the woman and 40 percent of miscarriages are down to some anomaly with the egg 40 percent are down to some anomaly with the sperm okay and 20 percent are complete unknowns it could be a dna issue it you know there could be any number of issues um in that in that 20 percent. so if you've got an 80 percent chance of creating a healthy baby as opposed to a pregnancy yeah then why why not do that yeah why not reduce the risk of there being a miscarriage by doing everything as a couple yeah. to consciously create a healthy child. You don't hear that being kind of said very often, though, do you? You know. No, because the focus is on the woman. The woman, yeah. Yeah, getting yeah. the woman pregnant, and then it, you know, it's it becomes a blame game yeah. almost. You know, yeah. it's the woman's fault she didn't hold that baby. Yeah, you know that's that's not they're not words that are said, but yeah. of course it's our. And even I know that language because I've used that language. I couldn't hold my babies, yeah. and I've used that language again and again. Yeah. I took complete responsibility, even though it may have been you know something yeah, else. Yeah, there could have been any number of factors. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder, just to touch on a point there about, we'll say the forty um, percent chance of the sperm not being you know suitable or whatever yeah. the case might be. You know. How does the father kind of, you know, react to that sort of, that kind of, you know, news, we'll say, that kind of, in, in, a, in a couple of circumstances, we'll say, yeah. you know, because I mean, you know, you know us men, you know what we're like, <laughs> I mean, we're just so sort of, you know, nothing's wrong with us, we're 100% perfect, you know, so to kind of hear something like that, I mean, you know, the whole thing about having a baby anyway can be a very kind of stressful time and an anxious yes. time, but so to hear something like that then on top of that, you know, I mean... Okay, well, I actually, I find that quite easy. I find that the easiest part of my work because, you know, kind of historically men have a greater ego than women that's I don't mean that as a criticism. I mean, that is, you know, divine masculinity is hugely in its ego, you know, just as divine femininity is hugely in the reproductive is hugely in the feminine you know very much in the feminine so when you harness that energy that divine masculine energy Mm -hmm. it becomes super easy to have a conversation with a guy because you know you, you just simply ask them are you going to settle for sperm that 
maybe can't get out of bed in the morning or they might get out of bed and only complete the journey half Mm. the journey or they may get complete the journey and have two heads and two tails and they can't Mm. possibly fertilize an egg or it may fertilize the egg but because it's got two heads and two tails that then becomes something that the body recognizes as a foreign body Mm. and that's when a miscarriage can can occur so that's point a Point B is where the divine masculine wants to be. He wants to be where the sperm he is producing Mm -hmm. dive out of bed, Mm. sling on a red cape, (laughs) and go off with one aim in mind Mm. to fertilize that egg. Mm. And it's the healthiest version of that sperm that he can possibly produce. Mm. That's ego. Mm. So that is incredibly easy Mm. to harness without being disrespectful mm-hmm. um and you know so that the ego remains intact yeah yeah okay yeah that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's very interesting um i'm kind of learning a lot today because obviously as i said i don't have any children myself so i'm kind of learning a lot as we go along um to kind of come back to to miscarriage mm-hmm. you know i mean have you kind of encountered couples that have gone through maybe more than one such as yourself and kind of, you know, obviously, I, w- I would imagine that they would be feeling very sort of anxious and, you know, maybe sort of very unsure about how they're, sure. how they're going to fare out. How do you sort of, you know, speak to them and kind of how do you kind of help yes. them along their journey, I suppose? Yeah, well, it, I suppose diversion, you know, mm. diversionary tactics is, is a huge thing. I mean, just to give you... Um, I suppose, you know, an example of how I actually moved into fertility because I was working in holistics for Mm. um, over 10 years before I moved into fertility myself. Um, And it was because um, I encountered a client who had a very similar story to my own. Mm. And it, it, you know, it brought stuff out for me. But at the time, I was very much focused on supporting her and she arrived for a treatment she'd had um 13 miscarriages 13 mm. and so this was her 14th pregnancy yeah. and she was desperate to hold on to it so there was a certain medical term yeah. that she said to me she said i you know yeah. that she had and and i said well that is the last time you are ever going to express that term um because what she was doing was reinforcing all the time okay yeah this is why i can't hold my babies okay because of this medical term yeah um uh, it was very real yeah but also what was real is that that's the message she was sending herself Mm. the whole time so her dna was responding every cell in her body was saying well we can't possibly hold your babies because we've got xyz um so i said it's not to be in your vocabulary at all and then we produced a different vocabulary my womb is strong yeah my cervix is healthy my body is supporting my growing baby my growing baby is is um being nourished and nurtured to full term Mm. so affirmations Mm. that were in the present tense that were creating a different belief system for her that her body was doing this amazing job of holding her baby Mm. 
Now, she'd actually done an incredible job herself of mourning her previous losses. She had acknowledged every single one. She'd honoured every single one. She'd had a ceremony and she had a tattoo for every single loss as well. But that is something that a lot of women find difficult, Mm. that they, they can't, they really struggle to mourn they mm. really struggle to um move on and move out of fear and fear is such a destructive mm. emotion so if you're going into your next pregnancy fearful mm. of the loss mm-hmm. already mm-hmm. you're setting your body up to fail mm-hmm. so creating a different language acknowledging your grief, acknowledging whatever emotion is coming up for you. Is that anger? Is it fear? Is it, um, you know, in some cases, depression as Mm. well, um, depending on how deep that goes. And it's not ignoring that, acknowledging it, finding a way to um, get it out, Mm. finding a way, you know, a very cathartic way to express that. Um, And then distracting. Mm distracting your body, distracting your mind from the previous losses, almost, I suppose, boxing them off in a way, but not ignoring them. Emotions need to be expressed because if you leave them festering somewhere in the body at some stage, maybe not immediately, but at some stage they will do you harm. Can I ask you about the lady that had the 13 miscarriages? Did she go on to kind of have a successful pregnancy and a, yeah, and, yeah, a, and, yeah. and a child? She yeah. went for an elected caesarean yeah. and had a very healthy baby boy. Wow. Yeah. But I actually saw her every week of her pregnancy, even yeah. the day she was going in. Her husband yeah. brought her to me for a treatment before she went off for yeah. the caesarean. So, yeah. Oh, that's lovely. It is a lovely story. Yeah, yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. So can I ask you kind of personally, we'll say, you know, kind of going through what you have gone through. I mean, what kind of made you want to become a fertility coach? Well, initially I didn't. I knew I got into holistics yeah. because um, I suppose the, the miscarriages where my husband and I, we didn't deal with anything. You know, yeah. I worked in law. Uh, you know, he was a factory manager. We were both very busy. I worked in a very masculine environment. Mm. So I did not deal with my emotions and um and he was brought up not to express mm. emotions so it was a disaster waiting to happen um you know and and really i suppose the miscarriages broke our marriage um and also set me on a path of holistic medicine mm. i wouldn't i'd probably still be working in law now if i hadn't gone through what I went through Mm. um, because it was going to see a therapist an aromatherapist actually that set me on a different path and I trained in holistics but I hadn't actually considered using that holistic training Mm. to you know kind of specifically work with fertility clients until I met that client with the 13 miscarriages that was another of life's turning points for Mm. me Um, because what had happened is, yes, we'd got her to almost full term. She had a cesarean and mm. she had a very healthy baby boy. Mm. But it was almost through the skin of my teeth. Mm. And my legal brain won't allow that. Mm. I have to be very 
Um, the I's and T's have to be dotted and crossed. Oh, yeah. absolutely. There's yeah. no grey thinking for yeah. me. You know, there, it has to be very much, uh, you know, even though some of my language is very woo-woo, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, I, I things have to be done right. Yeah. Um, so when um, her son was born, that's when I thought, if I'm going to do this again, I need to really know what I'm doing mm. and I need to know much more about what I'm doing, um, which is when I went off and trained with, six experts in their field in mm. different different ways so that I could bring in all those threads um, because I could see as well it wasn't just one thing mm. it wasn't just you know something mechanical going wrong it wasn't just something emotional going wrong it wasn't just something nutritionally going wrong mm. it wasn't just the relationship going wrong it was every bit of that mm. um, is, is what was contributing towards um you know, a, a couple either holding on or not holding a pregnancy. Okay. Or being able to get pregnant in the first place in, in most instances. Yeah. I wonder, anyone listening along that's kind of maybe has, has gone through a miscarriage or are kind of having trouble conceiving or do you kind of have any, you know, advice or words that you can kind of share with them to kind of maybe help things help things along for them or help them make them feel a bit better about themselves? I would say... It, Number one piece of advice is go into this as a couple. Mm. Don't go into this with the view that you are getting her pregnant because that's not the case at all. Mm. What that does is creates blame. Mm. And this isn't about blame. This is about working together as a couple. And what can happen when you are going through something like this is if you haven't got those supports in place, strong foundational supports of the mm. relationship in place when things start to go wrong mm. you've lost everything not mm. only have you not got the family that you're yearning for mm. you've also got a fractured relationship mm. so relationship first focus on the relationship first and then put steps in place look at your nutrition is your nutrition about filling or fueling you know, even if you think in terms of what constitutes a, a healthy embryo mm. is protein. The egg is protein, the sperm is protein. What's your protein like? If you're eating takeouts from, you know, either the Chinese mm. or the, the burger place four or five nights a week, that's not fuel mm. that you're just eating to fill until your next meal when you fill again. So if you... Th Think in terms of creating a happy, healthy baby, mm -hmm. as opposed to just purely getting pregnant, all of the component parts of that need to be considered. Mm. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Um, we're nearly coming to the end of the program, Denise, but kind of before we wrap things up, I got to ask you a question that kind of is, you know, with your work as a fertility coach, kind of what do you enjoy about your job? <laughs> um, two things. Number one, the picture of the pregnancy test yeah. when somebody's found out that they're pregnant. And, and number two, the picture of the baby when the baby arrives. Yeah. It is just phenomenal. I can't, I just cannot describe that feeling. There's mm. no words that will describe that mm. feeling. It is this mix of sadness because I know what they've gone through. I've, I've mm. been on their journey with them and utter utter joy it's this whole array of emotions from from one end of that spectrum to the other um you know because i i, I know 
what they're experiencing when yeah. they're holding that baby in their arms. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah, that really is. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it, Denise. Um, we're coming to the end of the show. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank and you. Sh- and thank you very much for sharing your very own personal story. I mean, I know, you know, that can't have been easy, but thank you very much for and sharing that. Thank you that. for having me, Paul. Thank I you. appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks, Denise. Thank you. And that's it for today's show. Um, to get in touch with the show, you can do so at mindtheheadlcr.gmail.com or follow the show on Twitter at mindtheheadlcr. Thank you very much for listening along. And until next time, take care and mind the head. Mind the Head with Paul Flaherty, a show that takes a look at the different aspects of mental health and well-being. Sunday mornings on Lockway Community Radio.